He's I, not a big masturbator up until this point. He didn't uh-huh. really do that type of thing. At least what you told me. I, I would like to acknowledge it does feel weird when you talk about my masturbation habits, Mom. <laughs> Welcome to Sex Talk with My Mom. I'm Cam Poder. And I'm Karen Lee Poder. And this is the ultimate podcast about the birds and the bees with a sex expert, cougar mother. And her stand-up comic son, Cam. This, this, I I know I say this every week, this might be my favorite episode. I know. You do say, you're a very exuberant person. Well, no, this, because. It is, it, it combines two elements, it, it, educational and personal. So it, it's kind of cool. So we talked to Dr. Joel Cornfield, who is a urologist that my mother is friends with. And we got involved with him because I, I was having a lot of neuroses and anxiety related to doing this 21-day masturbation challenge. In case anyone doesn't is not aware that Cam is involved in this challenge, go to the blog tab on our website, Sex Talk with My Mom, and you will get a blow-by-blow, no pun intended, description of his challenges during I've, the 21-day challenge. Yes, I have been blogging every day of this 21-day challenge. You can read all about my master and and for to just catch you up, if this is your first episode, the twenty one day masturbation challenge was um, uh, suggested to us by another guest of the show, Doctor Nancy, who said that she's a sexologist. If you want to gain control, if you want to increase your cock control and be able to determine when you orgasm, as opposed to just letting it overcome you like a motherfucker, uh, <laughs> like the premature ejaculator that you are, yes, or was. Maybe or will not be in the future. Then what you have to do is masturbate daily, but to the point of climax without ejaculating. Edging. You have to to do that edging three times in in one masturbation session every night. And if you explode and you ejaculate, you have to restart from the beginning of the 21-day challenge. And, And to note, some people I know are doing this and didn't realize it, no porn. And no porn. Absolutely no porn. In fact, you should just be focusing on your bodily sensations as opposed to to fantasizing about any, you know, attractive person. Right. And that's because that's the whole idea of it. Otherwise, you might as well just forget the whole challenge. It doesn't do any good. Correct. Okay. So anyway, so Dr. Joel came on because I was experiencing a lot of anxiety and uh, he and alleviated him. Said there were some symptomatic issues with your balls being feeling like uh, lead balloons. Yes, which they still are. I'm on day 18 and my, <laughs> I've honestly, I... I don't know what my I don't know if my balls are going to make it to day twenty one. <laughs> anyway, uh, this is a wonderful interview with Joel. It, but but the best part about this is that it goes gets into his personal life at the end, and it really takes us on a phenomenal journey. So if you're starting off and you're getting a little bored or whatever, stay, I'm telling you, halfway through everything changes, and you will hear an amazing story. It is one of those amazing stories that could be on like, uh, you know, this American like- life. This American Life or Happily Ever After or whatever it is. The fuck is Happily Ever After? I don't know. I made that up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is a Happily Ever After story, so that's why. If there was okay, going to be a TV so... show called Happily Ever After with real life stories, that would be on it. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you could do us a solid, please write a review for us on the iTunes store. It really helps us out. Uh, it'll take two seconds. You don't even need to make it long. You could just yeah, say good or, yeah. or nice, and that's it. Or you could also say bomb ass dank ass and give us five stars. Yes, five stars would but be the reason we want these stars and these reviews are because that's how iTunes notices us and puts us higher in the charts. So, in order to get those ratings, we need these reviews. Get it? Bingo, bango, bango. Bingo, bango. Hey, for all of you that didn't realize it, let me tell you about the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees. All right, stay tuned, dudes and girls. And girls, by the way, urologist, this urologist sees 35% women in his practice. So this it could apply to you as well. Don't hang up because it's about penises. Talk to you soon. Welcome to the show, Dr. Cornfield. Hi. Although you. I guess we, can be, we should be calling you Joel now. Please. Okay. Okay. So, so just so you know, Dr. Joel is a, a urologist. I am a practice. I have been a practicing urologist for uh, 29 years. Uh, I have a private practice in Hinsdale, and 
I also serve as a medical director for a national lithotripsy company. You know, I have done some resident teaching over the course of time, and uh, uh, but I specialize mostly in uh, treatment of kidney stones and uh, prostate and kidney cancer. Okay, so the reason we I wanted to get in touch with you and how you ended up on the show was because I woke up to a frantic message from a friend the day after I posted about the 21-day challenge um, uh-huh. that said, just heard about your 21-day challenge. Sounds like guaranteed arthritis. I've had it. It's really bad for you. Look out. <laughs> so obviously <laughs> this set off the neuroses. Well, what uh... – what he's probably referring to is uh, congestive prostatitis, which isn't uh, necessarily a bacterial phenomenon. It, it's something that can occur when people experience repeated cases of blue balls, oh. to put it in the vernacular, or uh, that can occur when they haven't ejaculated for a long period of time because 85% of your ejaculate is fluid that comes from the from the prostate and the seminal vesicles. And so if you're not ejaculating, that fluid can build up and can cause congestion. It can cause a feeling of uh, decreased urination uh, or inability to urinate, uh, feeling that they can't urinate, feeling that they have to urinate all the time, some burning when they urinate. You but that's realize Cam's going to get every one of these symptoms <laughs> when we get offline. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> By tonight, I will... Oh my God! It's going to have how, how how likely is this to occur? That's not a true urethritis. You know, urethritis is a is an inflammation of the urethra, okay, which is a separate organ. Um, so what he probably meant was prostatitis. You know, urethritis would be like chlamydia, gonorrhea, you know, an, an STD type of thing, which you're certainly not going to get if you're not ejaculating. Oh my god. Okay. All right. So urethritis urethritis is out but prostatitis is in? Is it Yes, prostatitis, congestive prostatitis. And now older men who get congestive prostatitis, they can uh, they can sometimes develop an actual bacterial prostatitis. Okay. 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 Stop freaking out, Cam. Okay. Oh. He's saying this is these are the remote possibilities, but sure. but Joel yeah. He called you up and you basically said, this could work. This could actually help you. It's a sex therapy. And don't worry so much about what's going to happen. Wait, Mom, let him tell tell me that. Well, that's what you I think she's, uh, she's got it pretty pretty accurate. Okay. okay. <laughs> so you, you think that this likely will not lead to prostatitis or any of the other things that you mentioned, and it could potentially help me? <laughs> yes. Okay. Basically, wants to know if there's any itis associated with any of this. Well, I think you know that if you if you're doing this this uh, this 21 day challenge, um, then I, I I think you know there's a possibility that at some point, you know, after uh, two weeks or three weeks of teasing yourself, uh, that you may have some irritative voiding symptoms until you actually do. Um, consummate your 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 self love. In other words, when you finally get it done, you'll be better. Well, yeah. I will I will say that I had one nocturnal mission or wet dream for those listeners who don't know what a nocturnal mission is. You know, that's something that most older men don't have anymore. Well, I'm very. I was so grateful that I had it, and I it created such relief. Now every night I go to bed praying that that will happen. Because right now I've got like rocks for balls. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah, that's what you're doing to yourself. <laughs> oh God! I think that yeah. Could, but tell him about what you think of, as far as like the the positive effects so far. What you've noticed? Because so, I don't know if you had a chance to read his blog, but it seems like he's getting more control over there. Yeah. So yeah, I have a blog by the way. If you wanted to check it out. Well, I should, actually. I I restarted the challenge after talking to you the first time uh, Uh because I wanted to time how quickly it took me to ejaculate. That's good. Yeah, so now we have a controlled study. If anyone wants to participate. You only have an an N of one. Yes, there is. You have some of your uh, viewership or your listenership 
participate. So no, we haven't. We haven't. We're going to have award trophies and certificates. Because there's, there's a paper in there somewhere. There could be a paper. Well, my it's question paper. was like how, you know, I was just trying to come as quickly as possible when I did the control, which is, you know, it was very fast, but I could go longer than that. Uh, it was about two minutes. Well, okay, so I will tell you, you know, the people who masturbate regularly, they, they tend to ejaculate fairly quickly when they're masturbating, okay? And, and you know, so if you're going two minutes when you're masturbating and that was about as quick as you could go, you probably don't have premature ejaculation. Well, during sex, it certainly is faster than that. Ah. He's I, not a big masturbator up until this point. He didn't uh-huh. really do that type of thing. At least what you told me. I, I would like to acknowledge it does feel weird when you talk about my masturbation habits, Mom. <laughs> well, that's what you've told us. You've repeatedly <laughs> said that you don't like masturbating. I'm like, why don't you like masturbating? It's a pleasurable thing. You should. Everybody should masturbate. Yes, that is true. Well, everybody does. It, you know what they say. You know what they say, don't you? What is that? 99 out of 100 people masturbate and the 100th person's a liar. Yeah, but but Cam really did discuss this, you know, on the podcast about how he felt it was. Yeah, what did you? I do masturbate. Just you know, it. it, I I always wanted to get in, get out. It was always the orgasm that I was going for because that's the most pleasurable part. Sitting there, like masturbating. I think. Yeah, that's yes, exactly. But during sex, I want to prolong the sex, and so I don't want to come immediately as I am while masturbating. Can we summarize as to the purpose of the 21-day challenge as far as you're concerned, Joel? Well, I think that uh, the end result of, 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 of that kind of uh, therapeutic maneuver would be to desensitize the, the penis, and desen- particularly the glands penis, which is spelled G-L-A-N-S. Uh, that's the tip. And, that, and that's where you know, most of the sensation is, in fact, most of the sensation for uh, ejaculation that causes ejaculation is just on like the underside of the, of the glands penis where, uh, where the frenulum is, which is a little band of skin right underneath uh, the penis at the, where the head meets the shaft. I, oh, I'm familiar with the frenulum. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I know, I know that ejaculation is good, though, because I remember there was an article I read about prostate cancer. And uh-huh. and actually, I read it because my husband at the time decided to put an article about it on my, my pillow one day to make sure that I knew that it was important that we have sex more often. <laughs> the article was about preventing there's, prostate cancer. There is some soft data that basically says that if you ejaculate more, you have uh, less risk of prostate cancer. Soft data, meaning it's not 100%. Uh, yeah, there, it, there's no like molecular or biologic data. There's just basically statistical data. Okay. Uh, b- by the way, for if our listeners want to participate in our study, you recommend just timing how long it takes to ejaculate as quickly as possible at the beginning? Yeah, because you have to be, you have to be consistent. Right. You but, know, you can't, uh, you can't, because otherwise you're going to fudge the data. You're going to create, uh, you're going to create a false positive or a false negative. So then at the, after the study, I have to do the same thing where I try to ejaculate as quickly as possible. That's correct. So, so that you're consistent. So with, still without porn, just exactly as I, I did the first time and just see. So the goal would be that it would become somehow more desensitized. Yes. See, I'm a I'm a big uh, proponent of not watching porn. Oh, why yeah, is that? Why don't we discuss that a little bit? Because yeah, you've talked about that with me on my show. Yeah, because the porn tends to desensitize people, and which is fine if you're if you have premature ejaculation, but it's not so good if you're in a relationship with a real woman, you know, <laughs> who doesn't look like Jessica Rabbit, right? You know? right. <laughs> Or yeah. any other people that we've already interviewed on this podcast. <laughs> Won't even really look like they look in the videos. Right. I mean, when you talk oh, to them. Oh, very well aware of it. <laughs> and, you, and you meet them. I mean, they look like normal people. Oh, yeah. You know. 
Um, they don't look like what they look like on the porn videos. And well, so- I think the worst part about it is is the education that that people think they're getting from porn, which is totally false. It's not the way to please women, and certainly not uh, what a normal sex is supposed to look like. So, or or men, you know? Yeah, right. I don't. I, yeah. Yeah, like we've interviewed male porn stars who, who also said that it's it's not as comfortable as you think it is for guys. It's not the it's not a uh, it's right. not something to that it's easy to do. Even it's hard. It's no pun intended. It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hard life. Well, you know they yeah, they do get abrasions, and and that's that's uncomfortable. What do you do for abrasions on the penis, by the way? If, if they're doing a 21-day challenge and they get an abrasion from uh, doing a, so much masturbating. Use, use more hand cream. Okay. Hand cream. Haven't even used hand cream. Didn't even oh. think about that. Yeah, that might even help things. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, I have a few. Do you have more questions, Mother? Uh, no, I was wondering if you did. I do. Well, have, I have a lot more questions, but go on. I do have more questions just about urology in general. Why Why did you choose to go into urology? That was one of my questions. Uh, truth, I originally went into general surgery. Uh, I was very unhappy with it. Um, they actually, in, in the program that I was in, they actually fired two of the urology residents in my year. Uh, and, uh, I was able to slide over into one of those slots without having to repeat an internship. Oh, okay. It wasn't for, it wasn't for your love of penises. No, no. (laughs) I mean, the only penis that I love is my own. (laughs) So my kids, but. Okay. So by the way, do do you see only male patients or female as well? 35% 35% of my practice is female. That's a good question. And when do people go to, when do women go to a urologist as opposed to an OBGYN? Um, well, I'll see them for kidney stones, kidney tumors. Oh, I forget, yeah. Bladder tumors, uh, uh, drop bladders, uh, urinary incontinence of all kinds, urinary tract infections of all kinds. Oh, wow. I, I, didn't, I didn't realize that either. I thought it was all yeah. good. A lot of surgery for uh, female stress intolerance. Wow. What is the craziest thing that has happened while you've been treating someone? Do you have any wild Define story? <laughs> we want some crazy <laughs> stories here. Um, I, I guess it's something, something inappropriate that occurred. Well, I mean, I, I, I've seen a guy that uh, de- degloved or pulled off the skin from his penis while uh, <laughs> trying to masturbate in a vacuum cleaner. No <laughs> way. <laughs> no <laughs> way. How did you respond to that? What was this, a central vac? Or is this- <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know those details. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, you try to salvage what you can. Uh, but that, the problem is, is that the blood supply to the skin comes from the base of the penis. So if you... If you rip all the skin from the base of the penis, the, it's basically going to die, and oh, you're left with you know putting on skin grafts. Oh my god! I'm sorry I asked that question. The crazy thing I've seen. Yeah, that is nuts. What about testosterone levels? I would like to hear a little bit about that. I mean, is that a big problem? Is as men age, do their testosterone levels decrease? Well, that's a normal physiologic response to aging. Um, what do you think about taking testosterone replacement? We do give testosterone replacement when the levels are, uh, proven to be abnormally low, uh, for their patient's age. Plus they have symptoms of, uh, fatigue, uh, central weight gain, uh, while continuing to exercise, uh, decreased, uh, hair growth, uh, generally facial hair, things like that. So you don't like to give testosterone unless it's actually warranted medically. That's correct. I wouldn't. I would not be the guy that someone would go to just to get testosterone so they could hit a ball further. Are you able to notice when someone has more or less testosterone just by looking at them physically? No. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. So it okay. I mean, you know, on the extreme ends, yes, but generally, you know, for eighty percent of the people, you know, you could have a a little tiny guy with uh, who shaves every other day 
and has a testosterone level of 800 and you could have a big virile looking guy with a lot of body hair who has a testosterone of, of 120 to 150. And some of that has to do with their, with their, with their cellular receptors <laughs> and how they, or their body sees and metabolizes the testosterone that they have. Oh, interesting. So it's not as simple as just taking a level and treating a single level. Gotcha. Um, what happens if someone uh, grows erect while you're examining them? Does it, does that happen? Uh, I, I, uh, I've had a, a couple of situations where I think that they started to get an erection, but usually I abort the exam you know, with some. <laughs> that's, that's just embarrassing for everybody, you know. Oh my god! So, uh, do do women come in with men? Uh, yes, all the time. The spouses come in all the time, and and then or I, the significant others. Yeah, I'm curious. I was uh, someone that I've been with wanted wanted to make sure that she peed after every time we had sex to make sure that she didn't get a UTI or something like that. Is that something that that's a valid yes? Because oh. every time you have intercourse. The motion of the intercourse pushes bacteria into the female urethra. Oh wow! And uh, by urinating, you push it back out. And should men do the same thing? Uh, it's pretty unusual to get an infection, uh, a bacterial infection, in a male, because the urethra is so much longer. The bacteria have to go so much further. Right, right. Female urethra is three and a half centimeters. Male urethra is, you know, 18 centimeters. Gotcha. Um, so another question. Is, does penis size have anything to do with your hand or foot size? There uh, was a study that came out uh, years and years ago that correlated uh, the size of the index figure, finger with a ma- in a mathematical formula Two penis size, yes. Cam is looking at his fingers. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a hard. It's not a hard and fast rule. That's another soft. That was another soft study. Yes, and I don't think anybody's ever written anything else on it. <laughs> and what about cultures? Is that you know the stereotype uh, about? Uh, there have been you know. su- there have been surveys of penis size across cultures, like the Asian men or the African American men. Those stereotypes are are they valid or no? Uh, yes and no. Soft studies. Well, you know, um, you know, not all Asian men are like Asian by that definition, and not all African American men are African American by that definition, and not all white guys are white guys by that definition. You know, there's been a lot of uh, uh, Cross pollination over oh, yeah, a, right. okay. a couple of millennia. Yeah, you know, so it's, so it's changing rule, over time. That's correct. The rule is not not what it was even you know hundred years ago. Hmm. I, I would say a hundred years ago was it? Was there any kind I, of validity? I, I wasn't practicing medicine a hundred <laughs> years ago. I know kids will say I look like I might have been, but I, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so, so speaking of kids, wait, wait yes. one more question. Wait, one more question. From our listener, uh, does a woman's use of a vibrator diminish her ability to reach an orgasm via intercourse? Do you know anything about that? Uh, no, I actually think it probably enhances it. Oh, really? It doesn't – because this guy says it desensitizes a few people that he's been with. Yeah, maybe maybe they should try being with someone different than him. Oh! <laughs> he's going to like that one. I like what you said. I agree. I, I think that I well. See, I'm not in my office, so I can say something funny. Yes, you know that's very welcome on this podcast. So what? So what does that mean? Desensitizing with the what does that mean? Well, the concern would be that uh, you know that that they learn how they learn or their vagina learns to respond to the vibrator and not to uh, some oh. other form of stimulation. Right. Most um, women need more time to be prepared 
to have an orgasm. They need foreplay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, whereas men don't. And right. um, part of that is also evolutionary. You know, you because, you know, you're going to carry a baby for nine months and then you're going to spend three years breastfeeding that child. And so you don't you don't want necessarily to get pregnant. Mm. It's not, you know, 2000 years ago. And, um, you know, whereas men, you know, they wanted wanted at that time or even before that to have as many children as quickly as they could. And so the sexual responses are are are. I'm not going to say they're hardwired, but they're certainly different. That's that's really interesting. Yeah, that is. I interesting. never thought about it from that perspective. So so women are hardwired not to want to have sex until they're coaxed into it with an orgasm. Well, you know, uh, the act of breastfeeding, you know, d- does lower your libido. Hmm. And lowers your ability to. It's not a. It's not uh, uh, birth control, but it does decrease right. your ability to become pregnant. Mm. But I'm talking about people that are not uh, pregnant or breastfeeding, or you know, in a year post child. They still require different and more stimulation than a man does. Yeah, exactly. You know that she could take up to 45 minutes. Okay, so so I would like to spend the next few minutes, if we could, talking personally about Joel. And I, I met you through a friend of mine who you married, who I adore. And so it was your second marriage. My second marriage. And you have three sons. I have four sons. Oh, I, I'm sorry. Three That's sons okay. from the, the first I marriage. Have three sons from my first marriage. And then I have a older boy from my from a prior uh, relationship. Before, <clears throat> before either of the marriages. Correct. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, I didn't really meet him until uh, after the end of my first marriage. Oh, that's, that's quite unusual. Were, so, you, right. so were you aware that he existed before that? Uh, I was. I was aware of his existence. I was not really. I was not aware that he was actually mine. Hmm. Oh, interesting. So, you 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 had like a girl. Was it with a girlfriend that? Like an ex-girlfriend, or it was a one-night stand. Wow! And we talk a lot about one-night stands on the show, so it's something to be, you know, it's something to be aware of that you can get someone pregnant in a one-night stand. Yes, you can. Did you suspect that this was yours? Um. Well, you know, when uh, when the whole thing went down, we we went through um, the court system at the time. Well, wait, can we walk, walk, walk us through real quickly? Because I, I know you're kind of cramped for time. But walk us through. like, So you had this one night. Were you in a bar or something? And you just met uh, No, it was, a, it was a party in a dorm. Oh, so, back so it was in during college. college. Yeah. This was during med school, actually. Okay. <clears throat> so, um, you know, we were friends and we were drinking. And one thing led to another. And, um, you know, so she called me and said that she was pregnant. And, you know, of course, my first reaction was, well, you know, we only had a one night stand. So you you have another boyfriend, so can't be mine. And, um, you know, so she insisted it was mine. We ended up going to court over it. And at the time, there was no DNA analysis. Oh, there's only blood testing. So as it turns out, I, I carry some rare sort of some rare blood types that made it uh, uh, not a match. Oh, when the blood typing came back. And so the wow. verdict, the verdict released me from any responsibility. And, and I went and I went with that and I believed it, obviously, for all those years. Uh, well, did, she and, did have a boyfriend, though, at the time, you said. She did, but so she, she insisted that she knew who the father was. Wow. And and so when I uh, moved out of the house, after, be, right before my first, right before my the end of my first marriage, this is probably now, I don't know, eight, eight years ago now, 
eight, maybe nine, eight, eight years, eight or nine years. Um, my, uh, um, my friend uh, contacted me uh, to tell me that, uh, you know, uh, my, how my son was doing. And at that time, you know, she'd been divorced and uh, remarried. <clears throat> and he was uh, underemployed and not looking for employment, for, for gainful employment too hard because he didn't, uh, you know, apparently she wanted a father figure for him. Oh, so this other guy was out of the picture. He never. Yes. yes. Did he ever take a blood test to see if, if it was his? No. Because she always insisted that he was mine. Mm. Wow. Okay. What, was, what, what did she base it on? J- just she knew? She knew. Okay. <laughs> I mean, seriously, how does anybody know if if you, if she's having sex with unprotected sex with multiple partners? Well, how then she maybe know? she wasn't unprotected with the other guy. Right. Well, I've or, never really asked. Okay. okay. Well, <laughs> she did. She did end up marrying him. Oh, okay. she did. Yes. Oh. And, and then they had two more kids, and then they they ended up divorced. <clears throat> and um, you know, during the course of their divorce, his his behavior was not so nice to my son, who you know was was. Not his, quote unquote. So, but he raised him as his, correct? He, he did until the until it no longer suited him. Wow. So, um, you know, I didn't know any of that was going on. You know, I was sort of assumed that, um, you know, he wasn't mine, and that he would be raised, you know, by his biological father who. As part of the whole court settlement, actually adopted it, even though my name was on the original birth certificate. So it's a little complicated. But anyway, so after she contacted me, I got in touch with uh, Aaron, that's his name, and uh, went out to L.A. where he was living and uh, did the DNA test. And lo and behold, uh, for a $250 swab, uh, you know, I proved that he was mine. God, I got chills. That's crazy. Yeah. That is absolutely. How did you feel? Um, actually, you know, I felt uh, uh, relieved, and I felt uh, like I had been given a second chance oh. to, uh, you know, to make things right. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that's what I set out to try to do. You know, and I've managed to. Uh, I forced him to go to med school. Wow. So uh, he's a doctor as well? Yeah. And <laughs> he's uh, finishing he finished his finishing his internship uh, next next week or the week after. Penis doctor too? What? No, he's a family <laughs> he's smarter than his old man. Wow. And uh he's uh he's married. He has uh my my first grandchild. And uh, it's a happily ever after story. That's kind of a happily ever after story. I mean, he's 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 a really good guy, and fortunately for me, you know, he doesn't harbor any resentment for my absence, which is a a testament to his mother. Uh, and it's also, it's, I, I think it'd be hard to to put fault when you when you had a test that said it that you know it didn't it, that he wasn't yours initially, right. so. Right. I can't blame so, you for 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 thinking otherwise. Yeah, but you know, you know, you can't. I guess you can't really, but you can because I always had doubts. You know that. Well, you know, maybe he is mine, and then because he looked exactly like you. <laughs> well, the, the thing is, is is that when I I met him once or twice when he was little, and he just looked familiar. Ah, that's you right. know. I got shivers again. That's so and, crazy. And, and you know, because of the blood test, um, to pair, so I have like some rare, uh, uh, some rare gene, some rare blood types that are found uh, in uh, Yemenite Jews and African Americans. There you go. And that explains uh, the penis size thing. Well, <laughs> which did, which did. I'm not going to comment on that. 
which wasn't a, a wasn't they weren't wasn't known at the time, and so the way my blood tests ended up looking was that I couldn't have been the dad because I have these blood types that should have that on a, uh, to all appearances sake should have been passed on to my yeah. to child but weren't wow. and so therefore the pathologist the state pathologist said that I was excluded from paternity and and meanwhile <clears throat> ex never or I shouldn't say your ex but his mother never bothered to check her husband um well because she always she knew that i was the dad she knew she always said she knew she told him you know and that's how they that's how they lived Hmm. which i think maybe created some problems actually yeah i could say wow but i think other there were other issues in the marriage besides that and there always are, right? Right. I was going to say, what uh, divorce doesn't isn't right. fraught with all kinds of issues. So I, so you know, so I've integrated him, you know, into my uh, new extended family, which now includes, you know, my the three children from my first marriage, my uh, my son, my older son, uh, my two stepchildren, and uh, anybody else who wants to come over and. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> my table. You got the Brady Bunch going on over there. So, what was it like when when you met him for the first time as an adult? Well, I knew right away when I first when I looked at him and I met him, even before I did the DNA test, that he was mine. Wow! Oh, wow! How old was he? He was twenty five at the time. Wow! And. Was it so you were in person with him? Was it awkward or tense or? Uh, well, you know, we we got through that pretty quickly because uh, I think we were both just uh, um, happy to have the relationship. Wow. Did you find that he carried some of your your personal traits or mannerisms? Um. It's it is kind of funny because uh, all four of them share certain traits with me, uh, and they were raised obviously completely differently. So yeah, yeah. Was he interested in becoming a doctor when you met him? Uh, he was, um, but he had uh, detoured, you know, after his parents' uh, divorce, uh, and not and had not quite uh, found his footing. After that, gotcha. Hmm. And what what is your relationship like with his mother now? It's pretty good. I mean, when I you know we go to dinner and we you know play with the grandchild together and you know we we all get along. Wow! What an incredible so, story. Yeah, and and your current wife is in uh, very close been, with them too. She's she's phenomenal. She's just. Of course, you know, all this <coughs> had happened before, you know, I met her, you know. And, right. And, it's not like you had children after you met Judy. Right. <laughs> oh, I see. I mean, she, so Aaron was already in the picture when when she when she came in the picture. And in fact, he stood up in, in our wedding. That's amazing. Yeah. How, how did your first wife, was it your first wife that was there when you found out about Aaron? Uh, well, you know, I was... The the whole court drama was taking place while while we were newlyweds. Um, she knew that from the start. She knew, you know, but her her contention was pretty black and white. You know, well, you know, the the blood test said he's not yours. He's not yours. That's it. That's the end of the discussion. Wow. So she did. She it wasn't in her best interest to have him be her son either. Um, well, I don't know if she ever really thought of that that way. I, I think, you know, what, what she was thinking was more, you know, he's not yours. Mm. Judge said he's not yours. Mm-hmm. And that maybe had a factor of why you didn't believe it either. Um, well, you know, and it, it, at first, you know, I didn't, at first I was like, great, you know, he's not mine. I, I was right. 
but then, you know, the, the more I, after I had seen him once and the more I uh, thought about it, the, the more Jewish guilt I, mm. <laughs> surface, you know, yeah, wow. which I guess is the same as Catholic guilt. And, uh, yeah. you know, he uh, uh, was in, always in my, in the back of my mind. And then there was a, there was one time when um, I was watching uh, my older twins, Mark and Ben, whom, whom you know, mm-hmm. uh, play when they were about two. And I had seen Aaron, you know, years before at about the same age. And I just had this flashback to him as oh. I was watching them. Oh, my God. That's weird, too, when, when you see someone yeah. that looks exactly so, like your other kids. At that, at that moment, that's when I knew that there had been a, a huge mistake. But, but that so, was only five years. That was when? That the, was that was like five years, you know, after all that. And so it, it still would take like almost like over a decade, right, before you reunited with him. Um, yeah, well, no, more than that. So he was born in uh, 80, 82. He's born in 1982. And Mark and Ben were born in 1986. Yeah. And so I ended up becoming his father in 2008. Man, it, I could see why you could you would say it was a relief when you... Yes, you sorted yeah. it all because that that is such a yeah such a weight yeah to to think that that happened to you yeah someone's gonna arrive at your doorstep and say hey yeah I'm little Cam and that's happened to another friend of mine um, I heard recently he was on a beach and uh, he saw his little girl and then he sees the mother and the mother is a friend, is an ex of his oh. and the girl was five years old and she said wow that. He looked at her and said, man, that looks like me. (laughs) And she goes, and she didn't want to tell him because she thought he'd be upset. And it turned out that, uh, you know, now they have a relationship. Right, and he viewed it as a a blessing, as a gift. Now it's a gift. Now now it's a gift. I view this relationship as a gift. Uh, I'm I'm grateful for it every day. I'm I'm grateful for the opportunity to, uh, you know, I was grateful for the opportunity to make amends. Yeah, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to to be his father. Wow. So what what's the takeaway from all this for you? What, what would you say you've learned from the entire experience? Um Well, you know, I learned that uh uh one is I sh- probably should have worn a condom. <laughs> Which is really why I wanted to get this whole discussion on the table on this podcast. But then by the same token, you know, I wouldn't, you wouldn't have, have him. son. I wouldn't have my grandson. Mm-hmm. So right now, you know, it's come see. You know, I'd rather be where I am right now mm-hmm. than not have him. Wow. You know. So so yeah. So that's one take home lesson. I'm I'm. I believe that I've tried to do the right thing and, you know, I believe that I've been, been rewarded for it. Wow. Uh, what, other I, than that, I think, you know, that, uh, um, you know, if, if, if you do have something that's weighing on your conscience, it's better to fix it. Yeah. Don't yeah. stick your head in the sand and try to pretend it doesn't exist. I'm curious when you talked about making amends with him, was that a series of discussions or was that one particular time where you had to, Um, you know, it was gradual. I think it was gradual. I mean, although I'm, I'm, uh, you know, as a surgeon, I'm fairly proactive. Uh huh. One of the reasons why people go into surgery because they want to like fix something. Uh huh. You know, so, so I was pretty, once I knew I was pretty aggressive about, you know, being his dad. Uh, and taking on that role. Hmm. Was there ever one discussion where you were like, I'm I'm so sorry that I wasn't there or anything like that? Yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. Wow. And how and I, I I you know, on the one hand, I I I understand rationally, you know, what happened, but that still doesn't necessarily 
um, lessen some of the uh, angst that I had. Mm -hmm. How did he respond to all this? Um, You know, very positively. You know, I think that for him, you know, he he sort of feels now, you know, like he has, he knows where he's from. Mm. He knows what makes him him. He knows, you know, uh, that he has a place in the world. Wow. Is that he has a dad. And he's got a dad that's been involved in it. How often do you speak with him? Uh, I talk to him at least once a week. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. What a story. Thank you for opening up with us. Yeah, thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. Does it feel good to just get it all out there? Um, Well, you know, in my life, it's been out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you have anything to plug? Do you want people to buy your book? Was it written in a book? Was it? Um, well, I, I have written a fictionalized version that where he plays a large a large role in it, but I have not published it. Oh, cool! Not, not had it published uh, because it's it's there's a lo- real a lot of personal stuff in it. Mm. Uh, so you're not like Cam and I who just decide to tell everything, well, every you know, detail of your life, and and it would um, upset certain people that are you know in my life. Um, I haven't decided yet that I wa- really want to do that. Why would it it upset anybody if it's the truth? Well, that's my version of the truth. Ah, Yeah, that's exactly. We we don't talk about certain relationships that I've had with it because it would offend the people that I would. Right. I mean, and every every truth, you know, is 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 not someone else's truth. Right. Right. And only through your eyes. The earth is round. We know that for a fact. And the sun rises in the east and sets in the west. We know that for a fact. But everything else is just kind of uncertain, except for death. Of you. <laughs> mm. you know. Yeah, it's true. It's everybody looks through their own glasses. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, do I have anything to plug? Well, I, I, I am. A, I also am a playwright. Um, so I do have a play coming out uh, probably in a year called Edge of Life, which is uh, about uh, you know the the right to life, the right to die. Oh, uh, cool. And, and it's not about edging either. <laughs> no, it's it's not about anything sexual, really. So it's probably inappropriate for this venue. How would people find it if they wanted to check it out? Um. Well, it, it's it, well, we got to get a theater yet. Oh, okay. Um, we're still shopping it. Wow. Very cool. So, so you've done two plays or just one? This will be the second one. Good for you. Yeah, that's Thank awesome. Doctor Joel, and a, and a full time. Practicing, uh, practicing urologist. It's just amazing. You got a lot going on. Yeah, and a lot, okay. a lot, of, a lot of people in your family too. Yeah, yeah, a lot of balls to juggle, and you know sometimes they drop. No pun intended. <laughs> yes, the balls. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Doctor Joel. All right, thank, thank you Joel, for having me. It was a pleasure. You. This was really a pleasure. It was awesome. great. Thank, thank you. you. And that was our interview with Doctor Joel. Dr. Joel, and, and see, I didn't disappoint. There could have been on the Happily Ever After show, right? <laughs> yeah. If there was one? Yes. It, it would have been a, one of the leading episodes on the Happily Ever, Ever After podcast. And how do you feel now? I mean, do you feel like your balls are not as, 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 as they're, they're, they're going to be taken care of and you're not having anxiety that they may just fall off or something? Well, I have three days left of the challenge, and I'm hoping that they make it there. I, I am feeling more virile than I ever have before. Look at you. Yes, I'm feeling extremely like the Look testosterone out, is <laughs> testosterone is coursing through my veins. He, he may mount any woman that walks by. Yes. I, I wanted to ask you, you know, this is this was such an amazing story with Dr. Joel. And I mean at one point you were like trying to push him in the direction of saying, see, you gotta use a condom, but that wasn't the the takeaway. I know, and and looking back on the whole thing, it it's got so many elements that need to be discussed. I mean, this could be like a a, a, a play, which I think he is actually going to be uh, writing in the form of a book. But it, it just, on one hand, you're thinking, why didn't he, you know, why didn't he, as, even as a physician, realize that there there's a good chance that this could be him his? So maybe it's the mind doesn't want to accept that it could be. It, well, I I mean, for. I, first of all, the test as a physician, I could see getting blood work back and saying like, "Oh, this this is right, right. Not, doesn't blo- that makes a lot of sense to me." Right. Also, I, I mean, 
it, it sounds like he was like a similar age to me. And if that happened to me, I would, I would not necessarily be comfortable with taking out a child right now. No, I think he was even younger than way younger than you, like four years younger than you. So and, it, yeah, it makes sense that I would. That's what I'm saying. So that's where the guilt comes in, I think. And now, you know, he's thrilled that he has this person in his life and it's his son. And, and you know, he's, it's just, it is a remarkable story. Well, and it so, just brings up so many different elements. For me, that was, that was the major takeaway when he was saying, you know, this is one of the greatest blessings of his life. Uh, and he wouldn't, you know, it, at, maybe at the time he would have chosen if he could do it again to, to use a condom. But at this point, I mean, this is, he's very grateful for this. So the, my main takeaway was taking whatever is present and true, and you know, seeing the gift that it can be. Absolutely, there's no question. I mean, that's he did what that he's and, really doing. Yeah, he t- he he uh, he made the most out of a, a really potentially difficult situation. Right. He ma- he made similar to what we're doing. He he made a very difficult situation into something that positive. Yeah, with, with the tragedy brings an opportunity. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yes. not that it's tragic that he had a son. Well. <laughs> but, at but the beginning, I think he did feel like it was life-altering. Because if he had, you know, it, what would have happened if that one little rare blood type thing wasn't there? Then he would have had a son at age 23, and it might have changed the course of his life. Hmm. You know, he might not have done certain things with his life with this particular, you know, with his next wife or whatever. There mm-hmm. could be, everything could have changed dramatically had that test come out in the way that uh, it might have, like the way it is now. Yeah. Like right now, the DNA would have absolutely been conclusive. Yes, oh, I want to. I want to. Um, there's a a quote in this. Hold on, let me. I want to bring it up. I love this. That's part of this commencement address called "Wear Sunscreen" by Mary Schmick. And oh my god, I I just I can't even listen to it because I'm a basket case every time I hear it. It was given to me when I graduated high school, uh, and it was it's always stuck with me. Uh, but this specific quote says. Maybe you'll marry, maybe you won't, maybe you'll have children, maybe you won't, maybe you'll divorce at 40, maybe you'll dance a funky chicken on your 75th wedding anniversary. Whatever you do, don't congratulate yourself too much or berate yourself either. Your choices are half chance. So are everybody else's. Wow, I got shivers again, you know, it, even, even the way you read it. it it's amazing because that's exactly it. We are just a series. It, we are con- we're like... You know, you know those um, in, the big lottos, those mega lotteries, and you yeah. see the balls like hit ping pong balls, like floating it's, in the air and hitting each other. Chaotic! It is that chaotic. We that is all we're doing. We're just bumping into other ping pong balls, and whatever you know, our and lives are getting like spun in totally, different directions. But it looks like it's totally random. But in my opinion, it's not. And I'm just going to leave you at that. <laughs> So I hope you guys all like this uh, episode of Sex Talk with my mom. And we do want those uh, five-star ratings. And if you wouldn't mind, just go to iTunes, type in Sex Talk with my mom. It'll help have a tab there for ratings. Give us a five-star rating. Is it too much to ask? We give you a lot of enjoyment from this podcast. Is it too much to ask? Do I sound good as a Jewish mother now? Too much to ask. It should take two minutes out of your day and give us the five-star rating and just put a little thing saying, Mother, mother. Thank you. Whatever it takes. (laughs) All right. Thank you guys for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.